Hello, everybody. Welcome to the set. Thank you so much for joining us here today. So I'd like to talk about President Trump came out and said that there is a big possibility that he's not going to attend the 2024 primary election debates on the Republican side of the aisle. He's running on the Republican line, so he'd be invited to those debates, but he says that he will not attend. And I think it's pretty breaking news, and it's disappointing to so many people who are looking out to see these debates for the entertainment aspect of it. Because, listen, if you look back at 2016, what was so entertaining about that year? What was so interesting and exciting about that year? It was no doubt the Trump primary debates. And it was all about Trump. He was dominating over there. He's what made it interesting. He's why the ratings went up during those debates. Whether you look at the primary debates or you look at the general election debates, it was exciting it was interesting with the name calling and the answers he gave it was like something that nobody's ever seen during a debate usually debates were way more cultured and strict and everybody spoke at their exact time and in the political fashion in which they talk trump changed it all okay right so a lot of people were looking forward to these primary debates that are coming up now with the 2024 election because since 2016, we haven't had any interesting debates. Well, we had in 2020, we had the Trump versus Biden in the general election debate. Those debates, two of them he had in the general election, were not interesting to watch because Donald Trump and Joe Biden, it was like having a MMA fighter fighting with a two-year-old. Joe Biden was half asleep. He was drugged up. And Trump was over-excited and over-energized. It, it just looked stupid. It wasn't interesting to watch. I, I was looking forward to that debate. And as I was watching, I was like, come on, this is crappy. But now, when you look back at 2016, even the general election debate with Hillary Clinton, in fact, the best moment of the Trump debates, the most exciting moment was... When Trump was debating Hillary Clinton in the general, and he said to Hillary, if I become the president, I'm going to get a special prosecutor to investigate your email scandal. And basically, Hillary Clinton, she had thousands of classified documents on a private server, and she was not allowed to have those documents on a private server. That when she was asked to hand them over, that they should be able to see whether she had those documents on a private server or not, because that's what they were suspecting. She deleted thousands of thousands of emails. And she said, oh, they're just emails pertaining to the wedding of my daughter. I think the name was Chelsea Clinton, her daughter. <laughs> well, you don't uh, erase thousands of emails when you're being suspected of having classified documents on your computer for, with these emails, if, if you're innocent, you wouldn't delete them. You'd like to show everybody to the FBI and to the country so you shouldn't be suspected anymore. Hey, look at these emails. They're as private as they may be. I didn't commit a crime. They're emails that talk about the plans for the wedding of my daughter. But anyways, during the debate, Donald Trump said, if I become president, I'm going to get a special prosecutor to investigate your email scandal. And Hillary Clinton said, well, that's why you're not being president. Well, that's a pretty good answer.
Like, <laughs> if that's your focus, that's why you're not being present. And the crowd went wild because Hillary Clinton gave a good answer. But at that moment where it looked like she won that argument, Trump came in with the best hit ever. It was just the tone in which he said it. It was the moment. It was the crowd cheering already. And I was listening to it live, okay? And my reaction was, bang, wow, crazy moments. Trump said, why, because you'd be in jail? <laughs> the crowd and the noise in that room went up 20%, 30%, 50%, 100%. And Hillary Clinton had nothing to answer to that. She was muttering and sputtering, and she was trying to give some response, but she, you couldn't even hear what she was trying to say because the crowd was so loud. That was the best moment of the Trump debates, but people are looking forward. And Trump said that he is probably not going to attend the primary debates this coming election season for 2024. The first one is in August. It's being hosted by Fox News. And Trump says he has a couple of reasons why he doesn't want to attend the debates, and we'll get to that. But before we get into the reasons of his, and I think they're not legitimate reasons for him not to do the debate. They're just excuses. I'd like to explain and get into does it pay for Donald Trump strategically to get onto the debate stage? What are his gains and what are his losses? Well, obviously he wants to get onto the debate stage. He enjoyed it. It was so much fun. I, I'm, I'm really convinced that he enjoyed the 2016 primary debates and the general election debates of 2016. He was a winner all the time. <laughs> the name calling, he loves that stuff. He gave those knockout answers in response to what people were saying against him. It was amazing. He wants to get onto the debate stage. But if he's being strategically smart, does it pay for him to get on there? So let's talk about if Trump doesn't attend the debate, does he lose out from that? Trump has a 35% of the Republican Party base people that are MAGA Republicans that are going to vote for him in this upcoming primary election. If he doesn't attend the debate and he says whatever excuse he gives, and he gave two of them, he's not going to lose any of these people. A lot of people are going to say, hey, you're a coward, but his MAGA Republicans are going to say, no, Trump is right. And he d he's not attending, not because he's afraid, because of whatever his reasons are. And these people are going to stick with him and vote for him. So he doesn't lose out. And if he stays out of, out of the debates, he can become the nominee. He most probably 99% that he will become the nominee of the Republican Party. Because he got 35%, right? Then he got 65% left of voters on the Republican side the primary that 65 percent of the vote is going to be split up by Ron DeSantis Nikki Haley Vivek Ramaswamy Tim Scott or whoever else gets into the race so even if Ron DeSantis gets 30 percent and the rest goes to people like Nikki Haley Vivek Ramaswamy and other candidates Trump stays with his 35 percent nobody's splitting up and taking away from those votes these are people that are staunch MAGA supporters that are going to stick with him through thick and thin and if he doesn't attend the debate and he stays with his voter base, Trump wins the primary. 
I'm leaving 1% open for DeSantis to win because technically what Republicans could end up doing is what the Democrats did with Buttigieg. They pushed him out of the race, and that's how Joe Biden won against Bernie Sanders because if Buttigieg would have remained in the race, Bernie Sanders would have won. But the Republican Party doesn't operate as much as they have an establishment that hates President Trump. The media on the Republican side of the aisle does not cooperate with the Republican establishment as much as CNN, MSNBC, and the Democratic left-wing media platforms cooperate with the Democrats. They're literally an arm of the Democratic Party, and that's where they covered up for Joe in 2020 with the laptop scandal, and that's why there was a threat to be used against Buttigieg you to get out of the race or the media is going to start attacking you. On the, uh, when it comes to Republican candidates, there's no way that establishment Republicans are going to be able to tell Vivek Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley, get out of the race or Fox News is going to start shaming you and blaming you and bashing you because not Fox News is not going to do that. The Republican establishment does not have such a strong hold on Republican media to threaten candidates that we're going to besmirch you if you remain in the race. The only thing that they can do is they could tell Nikki Haley, hey, you move out of the race and let DeSantis win, and you'll be DeSantis's vice president pick. And then they can tell Vivek, hey, you want to you stay out of the race? You'll get a great position in the administration and so forth. But the question is, is that going to happen? Are they going to push the other candidates out of the race to let DeSantis win? And also, is Vivek Ramaswamy going to be cooperative? Is Nikki Haley going to cooperate with saying, okay, you'll give me a different position, I'll move out of it? In fact, I think a lot of the candidates that are in the race now for the primary are there either to become famous, which is surely the case with Vivek Ramaswamy. Nobody heard about him before, and he's becoming a pretty big celebrity. He's always on Fox News for interviews. And there's a big chance that he'll say, all right, I'm fine with being a VP candidate. I'll move out of the race, or you give me a position in the administration. Mike Pence question is how fast is he going to fold and the only way to persuade them is to say we'll give you positions in the administration if of the DeSantis administration if you move out of the race and let him become the nominee but it's not as effective as what the Democrats are able to do by saying hey Buttigieg you to get out of the race or the media is going to blame and shame you and bash you and besmirch you so the chances of that happening are way smaller than what we had in 2020 because the Republicans establishment do not have hold on the Republican media. Now, Fox News is pretty tied with the establishment, with the corporations, which is why they got rid of Tucker Carlson, but it's not the same. They're not just going to make up lies about a certain candidate because the establishment says, go after this person or cover up for somebody, a specific candidate that we decide. doesn't work that way with Republican media. So now, Trump stays out of the debate. He most probably becomes the nominee of the Republican Party. He keeps his 35% base. The rest, unless, as I mentioned, you have a situation where they push the other candidates out of the race aside for DeSantis. DeSantis and the other candidates most probably will split up the rest left over 65%. DeSantis will get most of that 65%, but not 35% of it, which would make Trump the nominee of the Republican Party for the 2024 general election. And then we'll lose because the Democrats hate him so much, which is why I don't want Trump to become the nominee. So bottom line, if Trump stays out of the race, he doesn't lose. He most probably will remain and become the nominee of the Republican Party. Now let's move to 
what happens if Trump does attend the Republican debates? Will he gain more voters than what he has? I think the answer to that is no. Because most of the people of the 65% that say they do not want to vote and they won't vote for Donald Trump in the primary election, I think most of them are like me in the way they look at this. It's not that they don't like Trump. Now, a lot of the people that say they're not going to vote for Trump, probably 10% of the Republican Party of the 65% say, and it's because they hate Donald Trump. But I think the majority of these people, they love what he did in 2020, uh, up until 2021 from 2017, when he was president. They think he's a great person. They don't give a crap about his personality, that he's too tough or he's a mean guy. They care about the results, and he's bought the results, but they also care about the results of the general election. And I think a lot of people turned away from Trump after the 2022 midterm elections where we lost because of Donald Trump, because he endorsed all these candidates, and so many of them lost because the Democrats hate Trump, and they voted against the Trump-endorsed candidates because they hate Trump, and that's why they lost, and I believe that's the case. So for Trump to say, hey, I'm the greatest president, I'm going to do a great job, blah, 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 blah. And we'll get rid of the, we'll drain the swamp. We'll get rid of the establishment. It's not going to persuade these people that don't want to vote for Trump because they don't think you can make it in the general. Yeah, I agree with you. You'll drain the swamp so you become the president, but I don't think you can become the president. And we'll just be sacrificing the general election if I vote for you, and you become the nominee of the Republican Party. So he's not convincing them. The people that genuinely hate Trump. Overall, they hate him because of his personality, which is the same reason why Democratic voters hate President Trump. They go by emotions and drama. Trump is a mean guy. Trump is not a friendly guy, and we don't like him. And so for Trump to say we're going to do this and that, they don't give a crap about the policies. They care about the personality more than anything, which is crazy because you should be viewing po politics as business. What's the bottom line? What are you gaining out of it? It's not a family. He's not becoming your in-law Trump when he becomes president so cut the crappy drama out of this but no the, the Trump saying I'm going to do great stuff is not going to convince them because they don't like him because they hate his personality so if Trump attends the debate in the primary the debates with an S he will not get any additional voters the people that think he can't win the general he could tell them how good a president he'll be they believe him but they don't think he can make it in the general because Democrats hate him so much he won't persuade them to come over to his side. The people that don't like Trump and hate his personality, he can say he'll do this and he'll be a great president, but he's not going to persuade them because they genuinely hate Donald Trump. So if he stays out of the race, excuse me, out of the debates, he wins the primary. If he attends the primary debates, he doesn't gain any votes. The question is, does he lose any votes? And the answer, I think, is there's a big chance that he does lose chunks of the MAGA voter base, which he has, 35% of the Republican Party. Here's how. Now, the way not to go about it, and if Trump attends the debates, and you want his people to vote against him, say you're Ron DeSantis, the dumbest thing that you could do is bring up January 6th. 
You come out and say, hey, Trump is responsible for January 6th. Don't vote for him. The MAGA, Trump supporters don't believe he's responsible for January 6th because he said march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. Well, Trump should have still expected that there was going to be a, a riot breaking out on January 6th because of the heat that was going on. Well, before January 6th, you had a nice couple of Trump protests that were peacefully working, and they were protests against election fraud up until January 6th, since November of 2020. The only violence that broke out during those protests were when Antifa members attacked Trump supporters. So Trump didn't have to expect any violence to break out from his supporters. And in fact, on January 6th, Antifa members were in the Capitol during the so-called insurrections. If you want to blame any group of people, I'd say blame Antifa. They have a record of causing violence during Trump protests. And they have a record of attacking federal buildings and properties. If you look at the summer of 2020 and the riots that broke out, they were all Antifa members and Black Lives Matter that were doing those things. They got a record, so don't blame Trump. There's no way you're going to convince Trump MAGA people, hey, Trump's responsible for January 6th. They're not buying it. Stay off that. Now, if you talk about policies, you talk about Trump's personality, these people, the MAGA Republicans, they love Trump's personality. They like that he's this tough guy. They like that he's this nasty, this nasty guy. They enjoy his personality. They like watching his way of talking and his way of attacking people. So they love his personality. Got a nasty personality. I don't give a crap. I like that. I love that personality. And I think he's charismatic. And I want to see him as president with that personality. So you're not going to convince them by saying he's got a bad personality or he's a mean guy because they like that about Donald Trump. And, you know, they say we want a bull in the China shop. We're not looking for a president that's sweet and poppy. We're looking for a president that's going to do the job and that's tough. When you look at the policies, Trump had great policies. I don't think a single candidate is going to come out and say his policies and the way he dealt with COVID and the economy and everything was horrible. They can't do that because Trump did an amazing job as president. There's only one argument that can be used against President Trump, and it can be effective. I don't know for sure, but it might be. And that would be to say, Mr. President, Sam Ron DeSantis, your policies were amazing. You did an amazing job since 2017. Uh, through 2021 when you were president. You were fighting the establishment. Your policies were great. But, and then he talks to Trump MAGA supporters. MAGA voters, MAGA people, do you think that we have to sacrifice the general election so to get Trump to be the nominee of the Republican Party? Trump is a great guy, did a great job, but he can't win in the general election. And what's Trump going to respond to that? He'll say, in 2020, they stole the election. That's why I lost. So Ronda Sanders' response to that should be, in 2022, we lost what was expected to be a red wave during that midterm election. We didn't. We lost a seat in the Senate. We barely got the House with a couple of seats when everybody was expecting a whole chunk, tons of uh, seats in the Congress becoming Republican and a massive majority in the, in the Congress for Republicans and a majority in the Senate as well for Republicans, and that didn't happen. And if you look at it, most of those candidates that lost in the general election during the midterm of 2022 were Trump-endorsed candidates. And so the thinking goes that 
they lost because they were Trump-endorsed candidates. The Democrats hate President Trump. And so if we lost in the primary, in the midterm election, when these were people that were only endorsed by Donald Trump, imagine how the Democratic voters will come out to vote when it's Donald Trump himself, right? They won't vote for Joe Biden. They'll vote against President Trump in the general election. But Trump's going to say, 2022, the midterm election, it was ballot harvesting. We got to get into ballot harvesting because that's how the Democrats won in early voting. Mr. President, you're wrong. Now, ballot harvesting may have been a factor. But let's take a look in the state of Georgia. You had an incumbent governor, Brian Kemp, who was not good with Trump, a Republican governor of Georgia. Then you had a candidate, Herschel Walker, a Trump-endorsed candidate, who won the primary because Trump endorsed him, running against Raphael Warnock. They both had their elections take place, the general elections, in this midterm of 2022. Brian Kemp won by 8% against Stacey Abrams, who was a pretty challenging candidate, a pretty popular Democrat. Herschel Walker lost the election in the same state. You can't see ballot harvesting because if there was ballot harvesting and early voting going on in the state of Georgia, why did Brian Kemp win by 8%? If that's what helped the Democrats so-called steal the election from Republicans, how did Brian Kemp win by 8% when he was a Republican and Herschel Walker lost by a percent? But he lost the election against Raphael Warnock, a radical Democrat. The only answer to that would be Herschel Walker lost because of the Trump endorsed candidate. Brian Kemp didn't lose any one to be governor again because he's not good with Trump. And so Fronda Sanders brings this argument to the table and he pounds on this. This is what opposing candidates to Trump on the debate stage would need to pound on and nonstop talk about. Trump is not someone that can win in the general election. As much as you like him, as great as he is, he's not the candidate that you want because he can't win in the general election. And I do think that some MAGA Republicans, when they'll see Trump being challenged for those arguments face-to-face on the debate stage, they'll say, you know what? I love Trump. I wish I could be loyal to him. He's done a great job as being president from 2017 to 2021. But do we have to sacrifice? How far does our loyalty go? Do we need to sacrifice the 2024 general election and let Joe Biden or some other Democratic nominee be the president again, having a Democratic president who's destroying the country just so that Trump should be able to be the nominee of the Republican Party? I think a lot of Republicans and a lot of MAGA supporters are going to say, no, I'm not going to vote for Trump as much as I like him. And I'll vote for Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, or somebody else. So it could hurt Trump. But let's look at this. If Trump doesn't attend the debate, he doesn't lose any voters. He doesn't lose any people from the MAGA base. Because he'll have an excuse for why he's not attending. If Trump does attend the debate, he does not persuade any Republicans to vote for him. Because the majority of the people that say they won't vote for Trump are people that don't think he can win in the general but he can lose out from attending the debate. So strategically, what's the smart thing for Trump to do? Stay out of the debate. Is it fair? I don't think so. But if I was Trump and my end goal was to become the nominee of the Republican Party, 
no matter what, then I would stay out of the debates. And that's what Trump says he's going to do. He's not saying he's going to do it because he's afraid of losing. He's saying it because of something else. He's saying it's that the reason why he's not going to attend the primary debates are because of two reasons. Number one, if you look back at the debate in 2020 that Trump had with Joe Biden at the general election, it was hosted by Fox News. The majority of the debates are hosted, whether it be the primary or the general election, they're hosted by left-wing media companies. But even though Fox News, who's supposed to be to the right, hosted the 2020 election general election debate with Joe Biden and Trump, the moderator, Chris Wallace, was extremely unfair and tough on Donald Trump. Every tr time Trump tried to bring up the laptop story with Hunter Biden, Chris Wallace would knock it down, and he'd move on to the next topic. And that's a really serious thing, and that was really corrupt of Chris Wallace to do. Because a lot of people came out once the left-wing media admitted that the laptop might have been a real thing and that Hunter Biden might have made a lot of money from China and Russia and Ukraine, etc. A lot of voters that voted in 2020 for Joe Biden said they would have voted differently would they have known about this. So the media on the left side of the aisle wasn't covering the laptop. They said it's Russian disinformation. And during the debate that Trump had with Joe Biden, Chris Wallace didn't let him talk about it. Now, if Trump was given a chance during that debate to talk about the laptop, to talk about Hunter Biden making all that money, a lot of Democratic voters would have looked into that, and they would have, as they said, very possibly, not voted for Joe Biden, which would have given Trump many more votes. Or Joe Biden would have lost a lot of votes. Even if these Democrats wouldn't vote for Trump, they wouldn't vote for Biden, which would give Trump a bigger chance of winning in 2020. So that may have had an effect on the 2020 election and how Joe Biden was able to win. Now, Chris Wallace kept on arguing with what Trump was saying during that debate. It was like Trump was debating Chris Wallace and not Joe Biden, who was half asleep. But that's extremely unfair. You're the moderator. you got to give space for the candidates to talk their mind. Now, to be brutally honest, Donald Trump is not the easiest guy to moderate. He goes on and on. You can't shut him down unless you unplug the microphone. But if he brings up a certain topic, or if he gives an answer, for the moderator to come out and say, hey, that's not true, or I disagree with that, that's not your place. If you want to come out and say, hey, you're going over the time limit, you got two minutes to respond, don't go over that time, okay. But for you to literally argue and debate with a candidate, when you're the moderator of the debate, that's despicable. And that's what Chris Wallace did. And I think it's because Chris Wallace, has, is, now he's at CNN, so you see where his real desires were back then. He was looking to join a left-wing media company and being good with the Democratic establishment. I'm pretty sure that what happened was that uh, the Biden campaign told Chris Wallace, you want Joe Biden to attend the debate, you want to be the moderator of the debate, then you got to tell us that you're going to help Joe Biden out and defend him and go against President Trump so Joe Biden shouldn't look so stupid during that debate and that's what happened so trump says that he doesn't want to attend the primary debates because in the past just like i just mentioned now he was treated extremely unfairly during debates whether it be at the primary or the general election 
and he doesn't think he should have to do a debate with hostile anchors that are hostile towards him and people that like the other candidates more than they like him. And in the case of Fox News, with his upcoming primary just three months away in August, what you're going to have is two Fox News anchors. And if you look at the majority of the Fox News hosts now, especially with Tucker Carlson gone, they don't like Trump, and they're busy bringing on Vivek Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis, and those are the people they talk about. So Trump has a fair point by saying, hey, I'm going to be treated unfairly. Why should I attend the debate? Is that a fair argument for Trump to make? It's a fair argument for some to make, but not for Trump. And let me tell you why. Am I being unfair? Specifically Trump? It's not a good argument. Yeah. So let's look back at this 2020 general election debate that Trump had with Joe Biden. He wasn't allowed to talk about the laptop. But say Donald Trump would have known how he was going to be treated during that debate. And he wouldn't be able to mention the laptop, which would have had an effect on the election. Would it have been good for Trump to attend the debate? Absolutely, yes. He still brought some good arguments to the table and he still pounded on Joe Biden. He was treated unfairly. He was attacked by Chris Wallace. But Donald Trump still gained from that debate by bringing some good arguments to the table and somewhat exposing Joe Biden even by just mentioning the laptop. Now, he didn't get to go into the details of it, but it paid for Trump to debate. He didn't lose out from doing that debate. He didn't get his money's worth because it wasn't allowed to talk about whatever he wanted during the debate, but it fa paid for him to debate. So even if you got hostile anchors and hostile moderators, it still pays because you can still bring your argument across. And now here's the other thing. Trump being afraid of hostile anchors asking him tough questions and being unfair to him. Trump does not give a crap about that stuff. Trump is the guy that does interviews with CNN, MSNBC, and the toughest people that hate him. 60 Minutes. You saw he did that even after the debate of 2020. He sat down with 60 Minutes and they treated him despicably. He walked out after an hour, but he had no problem doing that interview for, for basically an hour sitting there. Being attacked nonstop. He thrives during those moments. He gives back the amazing answers. And that was the case in 2016. He was attacked by all the other candidates on the stage, but he, he did amazing with giving back the answers. In fact, coming up next week, Trump is doing a town hall. I think it's with CNN. I don't know exactly which media platform, which media company, but it's a company, a media platform that hates President Trump as much as CNN. So he's going to be attacked over there during that town hall. So if you think Trump is afraid of being treated unfairly and to being attacked by hostile anchors, Trump don't give a crap about that. He's not afraid of that. So I'm sorry if you were somebody else and you're somebody that really cared and you didn't do interviews with people that treated you unfairly during the interview, then you got a point. But Mr. Trump, you love that stuff. You do amazing during debates where you're attacked. So it's not an excuse to say, hey, I'm afraid of being unfairly dealt with during the debate. Now, there's another reason that Trump's giving for why he doesn't plan on attending the debates, and he says it's because why would he do a debate with candidates that are 2% in the polls when he's at 45% of the polls? Is that a fair argument? Think for a moment. 
What I guess he's trying to do here, he's trying to say, hey, look at the incumbent president. The incumbent president usually doesn't do a debate. Why is that? There's got to be a reason, right? An incumbent president doesn't do a debate because an incumbent president is usually way ahead in the polls, and the incumbent president doesn't want to acknowledge the candidates that are running against them to give credence to them and to say, hey, these people are actually a challenge to me. If Joe Biden would do a debate now, Joe Biden would lose in the primary all the way. Because you'd be acknowledging these candidates and you'd be giving exposure to them by being on the stage. But is it fear? I think an incumbent president should have to do a debate during the primary. I think it should be mandatory. Just because you're an incumbent and it's smart for you to stay out of the debate because you're not acknowledging that the other candidates are a challenge to you and all the voters are like, okay, well, it's the incumbent president. We'll just vote for this person instead of voting for somebody else in the primary. That's unfair. That's not going by the willingness of the American people. If you want the American people to be able to choose, then even if you're an incumbent president during the primaries, you should be doing debates. But I think Trump is making that argument. Look, I'm this ahead in the polls. I don't want to acknowledge these people. But Mr. President, that's not fear. You should be acknowledging these people because if they do a debate with you and they outshine you and you're giving exposure to these people and the voters of the Republican Party decide, hey, I want this person over Trump, then that would be the willingness of the American people, and that's what elections are all about. So it's not a good argument. It's not a fair argument to make. So both of these excuses are just disputed. <laughs> well, you're afraid of hostile anchors. You're not afraid, Mr. President. Donald Trump, you love that stuff. Uh, giving exposure to those that are 2% and having to level the playing field by doing a debate with people that are that low in, in the polls and are unknown by Trump doing a debate with them and giving them exposure and showing that they're a challenge to him, possibly. Well, you should do the debate. Because you got to be fair, and you got the American, you got to give the American people, the voters of the Republican Party, a chance to say, "Hey, I like this person better." And the same is with an incumbent president. But no, that's not a fair argument to make. But strategically, if Trump's end goal is to become the nominee of the Republican Party in 2024, Mr. President, you're 100% right. Do not attend the debate because if you do. You can lose some of the MAGA voters of your 35% base. Some of them will say, hey, I don't think Trump can win the general election. If that's the argument that Ron DeSantis will keep on pounding on, and Vivek Ramaswamy will keep on pounding on if Trump is on the stage. So I don't know if Trump is going to attend the primaries in the, at the end of the game. He, w he possibly will once it comes down to... Just Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and him, let's say the top three candidates. The others eliminated because Trump wants to attend. But he's making it pretty clear now that he most probably will not attend. And strategically, it's the right thing to do if your end goal is to be the nominee. Let's move on to something different. Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, made a very good point about the debate system, whether it be it in a primary or the general election. And he asked a good question. Why do we need moderators to ask questions of the candidates during the debate? 
well, you want moderators there because if it's Trump, but say DeSantis or Trump with Hillary Clinton or Trump with Joe Biden, Trump would be talking the full hour if you don't interrupt him. <laughs> right. But here's what he's suggesting. We can have moderators on stage. But we don't need the moderators to ask questions of the contestants. So here's how it would work. So say you got Trump, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis, three people. The moderator comes up and says, uh, I don't want to waste too much time. We'll just uh, announce these candidates. Trump is here with us. DeSantis is here with us. And Nikki Haley is here with us. We're going to start off with Trump. you got two minutes. And Trump goes, I'll be the greatest president again. They stole the election in 2020. Ron DeSantis is the sanctimonious. That was, by the way, a stupid name <laughs> to give Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis actually claims he likes the name. It's like when Joe Biden came out and said, Ultra MAGA. Ultra MAGA. Extreme Make America Great Again. That's a pretty good name for MAGA people. So that fell flat. The name Ronda Sanctimonious, the Sanctimonious doesn't mean much, or at least doesn't, maybe it doesn't even mean anything, as far as I know. So it didn't really work that well, but Trump is going to say that, say, during such a debate setup. And then Ronda Saint Sanctimonious' turn to talk for two minutes, plus he gets an additional minute because Trump attacked him in his opening argument. And Ronda Sanders responds in that minute to what Trump said about him, and then he comes and says what he wants to do. And he attacks Nikki Haley, and then it's Nikki Haley's turn. Nikki Haley attacks Trump, and Nikki Haley says whatever idea she wants to share with the audience. And you go in circles. You don't need the moderators to start. President Trump, when people look at you and they see your personality as being a little too tough, and they don't like that you eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, do you think that you are somebody that's well-fit and has a good appetite to be able to uh, kind of understand the American people and their plight when it comes to eating a McDonald's. You don't need that stupid question or any stupid questions from the moderators. And don't be afraid that the candidates are going to run out of content to talk about because they won't. They'll be hitting on each other. Now, another thing people are going hey, well, if you got no moderators asking the tough questions, then who will be asking of Trump the tough questions? Who will be asking of Nikki Haley the tough questions? Who will be asking of Ron DeSantis the tough questions? Well, Ron DeSantis is trying to get going to try to avoid that. He's not going to bring that topic up. Well, here's the thing: Trump will bring it up, okay, about Ron DeSantis, and Ron DeSantis will bring the tough topics up about Donald Trump. And all you need is a certain time slot, and we don't waste all this time with the moderators asking the questions of the candidates. We need them to butt in once the candidate goes over the allotted time that's given to him, the two-minute slot, and th so you go in circles for an hour. And the moderators butt out because nobody's really interested in hearing what the moderator's questions are. Would be more interested in hearing whatever attacks Trump prepared for the debate or whatever ideas he wants to bring to the table during the debates. But that's not going to happen. The moderators will remain in that business because the media companies like when they have their anchors doing the debates. It's good for business for Fox News to have their anchors moderating the debates. The bottom line is the dollar. So you're not going to see these moderators getting out of business and leaving. They're going to be very much involved, and they're going to continue asking the questions. And I don't see how this dilemma is going to change where moderators take up a lot of time when they ask the questions of the candidates. They waste a lot of time. We can have the candidates just talking about whatever they want to talk about. And many times the candidates do not get to talk about what they talk about because the moderators decide what the topics are going to be for the debate. And that's not fair to the candidates.
Now, as we close out this show, I did forget something. <laughs> so we were talking about one of the excuses that Trump is making for why he doesn't want to attend the primaries. And he said because the anchors and Fox News is going to be hostile to him and the other media platforms are going to be hostile to him. You know what Trump can do if he really cares about that and he wants to be on the debate stage because he just fear, feels like he's going to be treated unfairly during the debates in the primary or the general election. Here's what Trump could do. Ron DeSantis, if you want to do a debate with me, here's what we'll do. Ron, you could choose one place where we'll do a debate. Let's say it's with Fox. They like Ron DeSantis, and they'll hit on Trump, and they'll be unfair to Trump during the debate. But then Ron DeSantis will have to do a debate with Donald Trump with the Newsmax media company, and Newsmax is all for Trump. They kiss up to him. They defend him. They cover for him. They'll do anything for Trump. And that way, there'll be one debate with a hit on Trump. That would be the Fox debate. And then there'll be one debate with a be unfair to Ron DeSantis. That would be the Newsmax debate. So that's one way of Trump avoiding this problem of being treated unfairly during the debates. He can make it fair by doing one here and one there. In the general election for Trump to come out and say that he's only going to do a debate with Joe Biden if, if they do one where he decides it should be and one where Joe Biden decides it should be, <laughs> that's not going to work because Joe Biden has no interest in doing any debates in the general election. He'd love to get out of that. But it just would look really bad if he doesn't do the debate. So that's why he's going to lo look for some excuse. During COVID, he only did two debates because he found an excuse. One was uh, Trump had COVID. He could have done it virtually. He could have done three debates. He didn't have to only do two. But he found an excuse to get out of it. So if Trump says, hey, we're not going to do it the traditional way. We'll do one where you, Joe, decide where it's going to be. And we'll do one where I decide it's going to be. Joe Biden's going to say, hey, Trump is changing the system. And we're not going to go with that. And we're not doing a debate. We're only doing a debate in, in the other manner. So it wouldn't work for Trump to say that when it comes to the general election debates. But in the primary... I think Ron DeSantis would be willing to do that because Ron DeSantis is dying to debate Donald Trump. If Trump says, I'm only doing a debate if I get to choose one place where we have a debate and you get to choose one place where we have a debate, Ron DeSantis would be all for that. So thank you very much for joining us here on the set today. It's the political talk show that has its own set of opinions, and I'm Herschel Alex. And you were just listening 42, 23, 24, 25 minutes. Excuse me, 42 minutes and 27 seconds. Have a good one. Yeah.